Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. There is so much that is chosen for us, or would be chosen for us by those who would rule this world. And we see through a glass darkly. The information that we have is limited and is flawed and is manipulated. And we being flesh and blood, we do not have perfect wisdom, to put it mildly. And yet, so many of we people trust in all manner of other things, science and technology. Yes, on the money of this nation of the United States of America, it's printed in God we trust. But in point of fact, so very, very, very many trust that either there is no God or that God is not involved, that he has taken a permanent holiday The only time that in the secular media that you hear about God is when there are events like this one that is coming ever so close, so near to the East Coast in the form of a hurricane, a massive hurricane with enormous potential to cause loss of life and to cause all manner of suffering and enormous economic losses. Hurricane Florence, a woman, a female, and uh, that is on the verge of jeopardizing a great many lives. Well, this hurricane was forecast previously, just a day or two ago, to continue along the eastern coast and then go on out to sea, out to the ocean. But now, the latest forecasts as of early today were that it was seen to be turning south and expected to stall along the coast of North Carolina and South Carolina and absolutely lay a crushing blow on the Carolinas and stay there for a day and inundate the Carolinas with an enormous amount of rain and terrible forceful winds. And it is expected to hit on Thursday, tomorrow, the 13th. The strength of this hurricane It was being listed as Category 3 earlier. Now they're saying Category 4. Who knows? Maybe it's on its way to Category 5. I saw some opining along those lines. But it is currently driving sustained winds of 125 miles per hour and creating waves of more than 80 feet. A great many people have 
fled, fled for their lives, fled for their safety wisely. More than a million have been ordered to evacuate the coastal areas. The huge energy company, Duke Energy, has warned that three-quarters of its four million customers in North and South Carolina could lose power, and they could be without power for a sustained period of time. Thankfully, this is not during the winter when that would be worse. But there's talk of flood in the range of, with the rains being expected to be between 20 inches and 40 inches, the potential for floods, it's not just potential, it's massive, absolutely horrendous. So a great many families, a great many lives are in jeopardy. And, of course, Hurricane Florence will be known as an act of God. Okay, when bad things come, they are acts of God. When events in the world, in the natural world, occur that are supposedly good things, then it's Mother Nature. Mother Nature smiling on mankind, and when they are devastating things, terrible events that cause devastation, loss of life, tremendous suffering, then they're acts of God. So it's a matter of perspective there. But suffice to say that this is going to be an extremely trying time in the Carolinas and beyond. Meanwhile, up in Cape Cod, I've referred to the matter of the great white sharks a couple times. Let me just add that here there is this ridiculous, euphoric celebration of the great white shark boom up in Cape Cod. That's right. (laughs) A shark boom. And that is the businesses, the business owners are thrilled. Uh, This is attracting all manner of people who are hoping to see a great white shark. And the local theater, the Chatham Orpheum Theater, plays Jaws, the Jaws series of movies, nearly the entire summer. And people are falling in love with the excitement of these big animals said one individual. Well, first of all, sharks, in my view, are not animals. (laughs) Predators, yes. Extremely dangerous predators. But animals, no. These are not warm-blooded creatures. These are not mammals. One... Fisherman said the following, quote, the sharks come right up out of the water to grab the bait. They are not bashful. 
I've never seen great whites to this amount. They are sometimes right under my boat. Personally, I don't think euphoria is the right response to this. But I understand business people being excited about this is going to draw many people and it will increase the revenues. I understand that. But as soon as one or two or three people are attacked by these great white sharks that are looming so near the coast and that are hunting down seals, which can outswim any human being, hands down, fins down, I really think there should be cause for concern, to put it mildly. This fellow... This other one said, when I go in the water, I keep my eyes open and I get out of there. Five years ago, even three, four years ago, I'd be swimming without even thinking about it. You really have to think about it now. So, (laughs) but the euphoria continues until some terrible things take place. And what about down along the Carolinas, where sharks (laughs) inhabit the coastal waters there of the Atlantic? What about down there with the hurricane? Is it possible, is it even imaginable that with the hurricane that some of these great monstrous beasts would be washed ashore in the floodwaters, floodwaters that may be two, three, four, five feet deep. Is it possible, with the land being at sea level and with this enormous storm and the enormous wave activity and the storm surge, powerful storm surge, And sustained, is it possible that some of these terrible predators could be just gently pushed along inshore? No, that couldn't happen. And attack people. No, that could not happen. Well, I hope and pray it doesn't happen, but I feel certain it could happen. Meanwhile, another reptilian type of horror is uh, down in Florida. A giant monitor lizard. And uh, that's a little redundant to say giant because that's what they are. Giant lizard. Not native to that area, but lo and behold, this one has grown to six feet or more. 150 pounds approximately. And fast as blazes. And it has been hanging around one particular home. And there are a couple little ones, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and they're scared to death to go in the swimming pool, and they should be, because this creature has been right around the house, scratching on the sliding glass doors, so forth. There have been many attempts to catch it. It always takes off gets into the water, not of the pool, but of the water 
near the house. Tell me, where is Steve Irwin when you need him? You know, the crocodile hunter, fellow with great, great humor. His daughter, Bindi, who won the Dancing with the Stars, I don't know, a season or two ago. Darling girl who starred in the sequel to Nim's Island, which Abigail Breslin was in that role in the original with Jodie Foster and Gerard Butler. But Steve Irwin, of course, died tragically. And what a guy. What an amazing guy. And I saw a little bit of a movie before I stopped (laughs) a couple nights ago. And it was starring Steve Irwin. And his wife had a role there. And he was running around trying to catch a lizard like this particular one. He did not call it a monitor lizard. It had a different name. And it was in the outback in Australia. Australia. And he was chasing after it and repeatedly leaping at it, trying to catch it. It kept eluding his grasp, and uh, I couldn't help but think of this down in Florida, a little less funny situation here, where this creature, this cold-blooded reptile, is in fact endangering, terrifying and endangering this family, endangering these little children. Perhaps you saw this story about this terrible thing in Colorado in which five bald eagles were poisoned to death. Well, it turns out that the cause of the death, it was known to be poison, but the cause was that a 77-year-old man was trying to kill coyotes because they were killing his sheep. And so he put bait out there, poison bait, which resulted in killing five bald eagles, five of those endangered great birds and a coyote and a fox and ravens and crows galore and magpies, all of them related It didn't say anything about uh, blue jays, which are the other related bird along with magpies, crows, and ravens. But just terrible. And meanwhile, this guy, he knew (laughs) what was going on. He he really, he was uh, evading capture. He continued to put out baits while this was going on. And... Last I saw, he's being fined $362.50. The irony in that is there are people that are fined approximately that much for fishing in a stream or a river which they fish in every year when all of a sudden the Fish and Game Department decides, oh, the water's too low or something like that, and... They designate it as being closed off. And lo and behold, they stumble in to trouble because they think everything's fine, and then they get 
pulled over, as it were, by a fish and game warden and find that kind of an amount. So I'm really, truly astonished that this man has only been fined $362.5 and not $36,250 or something like that. But perhaps you saw uh, this hullabaloo regarding this destroyer in Tennessee that was executed, whom I referred to previously, Billy Ray Eirich, and now various ones there, his lawyer and so forth, are claiming that he suffered terrible agony and so forth as far as being executed. Well, the solution is a very simple one, and that is that we go back to performing executions the way they were done under the founding fathers who drafted the Constitution in which there is the prohibition of cruel and unusual punishments. Cruel and unusual punishments was never, ever, ever intended to prohibit firing squads and hangings. Never. Not remotely. But lo and behold, our fabulous Supreme Courts reinterpreted creatively, have reinterpreted the Constitution and created these issues. And meanwhile, these issues caused by these other methods that have been used in the place of the previously used methods. So these new and improved methods, of course, first they go to electrocution, the electric chair, have you, and then have to go more high-tech than that and poisoning. And lo and behold, so lethal injection. And then all these, these issues attendant with that and these death row inmates with the assistance of unscrupulous lawyers have prevented a vast number of executions from being used, for lack of a better word, on the grounds, on the specious grounds that their executions would not be painless. Never a thought given to the fact that they have viciously, ruthlessly, torturously murdered people. In the case of Billy Ray, raped and murdered a seven-year-old girl that he was supposed to be babysitting for her something less than attendant parents. I can't remember without having this story in front of me, but I believe one of them was a step-parent. And Billy Ray was lodging with them. And this guy monstrously destroyed, torturously destroyed this little girl. We're going to now concern ourselves with whether or not his execution was painless. We never, ever, ever should have gotten into these predicaments by discarding the methods that were used 
that were tried and trued and that were accepted by the founding fathers as the methods of choice, the methods to use back when they prohibited cruel and unusual punishments. But oh my, this is a completely manufactured problem, and it is used as an excuse to try to prevent execution of destroyers. Meanwhile, in New Hampshire, a young man, fine young man, no doubt, 20 years of age, went up to a family. He saw a 13-year-old girl with her parents at Boston's Faneuil Hall just before 5 p.m. on a Sunday, and he went up to them and attempted to induce them to sell their 13-year-old daughter to him. And when they refused, he attempted to grab her and kidnap her. And the father prevented it. What if that girl had been out by herself, not with her father? How about with some girlfriends and so forth, like, Speaking of Abigail Breslin in the movie New Year's Eve, and she's all grown up, and she knows better than her mother, Sarah Jessica Parker, and she wants to go to Times Square, and she wants to party with her friends and all these things, and according to her, nothing bad happens in New York City, and her mother's just being this terrible, overprotective worrywart, and so on and so forth. Well, what if this girl, this 13-year-old girl, had been out by herself or with a girlfriend or with a couple girlfriends, where would she be now? Would she be possibly enslaved by this guy? Would she be becoming another statistic? Kidnapped, raped, and murdered? But this dear young man, he's been arrested and Undoubtedly, he won't receive any punishment too harsh, after all. Charged with enticement of a child under 16. So it's okay to entice them after, (laughs) if they are 16 years of age or older. Attempted kidnapping of a child, and so forth. Fine fellow, no doubt. Alfred Patterson of Raymond. But on that same vein, you probably saw this about one of the kidnappers of Elizabeth Smart. You remember Elizabeth Smart kidnapped from her home in Salt Lake City, Utah area or right outside of Salt Lake. I don't remember. It's been so many years now. Kidnapped from her bedroom in her house. Of course, there was no dog. Dogs are, you know, messy and this, that, and the other, and annoyances, and they might yip and they might bark and all these kinds of things and have to go out. So, so much better not to have dogs, just to have some sort of electronic 
you know, system. But anyway, Utah, you know, why even lock your doors, right? So Wanda Barzee, who was married to this destroyer, last name Mitchell, she and he, Brian Mitchell, so whether she was officially his wife, she was described as being his wife, but they kidnapped this dear, beautiful little girl from her home. I believe she was 14 at the time that she was kidnapped. But Brian Mitchell and Wanda Barzee, they kidnapped her. They held her captive. He raped her repeatedly, daily. And this woman was a party to all of this, an accessory to all of this, an enabler of all of this. And then after nine months, she got away when she was spotted, when she was recognized. She was rescued. They were tried. They were found guilty and sentenced to federal prison. But they were also tried on state charges. And what happened is that following the federal charges having supposedly been satisfied for her, then she was to serve out the Utah state sentence. But, lo and behold, now the time spent, the time served in federal prison is being counted towards the completion of her Utah sentence. She was only sentenced to 1 to 15 years in Utah. 1 to 15 years for aggravated kidnapping only 1 to 15 years for aggravated kidnapping fascinating really but dear brian mitchell it was back in 2002 Dear Brian Mitchell, he's in federal prison, federal prison. And what is he serving two life term sentences for? For kidnapping and sexual assault. Okay. Not child rape, not enslavement, but two life term sentences for kidnapping and sexual assault. I don't know if those are to be served consecutively or concurrently. Don't know. But. Two life term sentences, yes, as compared to one sentence of execution. But now that this woman is being released on the 19th of this month, Elizabeth Smart's father, Ed, said that his daughter's biggest concern, her number one fear, is for her children. She doesn't want this woman coming around her or her children. Oh, my, what a closed-minded attitude. You know, ought to welcome this woman with open arms, don't you think? Hmm? So, just wonderful that she's going to be released now.
I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right or good or true in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Whatever's wrong about it, lacking, erring, lay that on me. That's my fault. I trust that you probably heard or saw or both of this terrible killing of this very impressive young black man in Dallas, Texas. It's just an incredibly horrible tragedy for him and his family. His name, I haven't heard it, so I may be mispronouncing it, Botham Shem Jean or Jean. He's from St. Lucia. He went to a small Christian college in Arkansas. And he was working for that great big accounting financial firm, PricewaterhouseCoopers. 26 years of age. And what he's known for and remembered for is being an outstanding person, a wonderful person a genuine Christian, a wonderful singer, and a very good-hearted, giving person. That's all indications are that that is true of him. So what took place? You know, was he out putting his life in jeopardy by going to some vile strip club like some NFL star or something like that. No, nothing remotely of the kind. He was in his apartment, in his apartment house. And a policewoman came to his apartment. And it's really unclear what the exact situation is whether she walked in, whether the door was open, it doesn't sound that way except from her, according to her, or whether she forced her way in or whether she got him to open the door. But this off-duty police officer, policewoman Amber Geiger, she shot Botham Jean in his apartment. Her apartment was directly beneath his, one floor down, third floor. She told investigators at some point in time that she mistook his apartment for her own and she shot and killed him when she went inside. (laughs) Well, She was arrested three days after this took place. Three days after this. And she was arrested by sheriff's deputies, by the sheriff's department, which is 30 miles away. Now, I understand that. She works for Dallas Police Department. I understand that they wanted to make sure that there is no appearance of bias in this investigation and so forth. 
so that it's handed off to the Rangers, I believe. It says Sheriff's Department in this account, but I could swear it's the uh, Texas Rangers. But the police headquarters was two blocks away. Uh, She was still in uniform, according to the police chief, Renee Hall. Well, she's been placed on paid administrative leave. Why is that? If she were in a different line of work, let's say she were a lawyer, or she were a schoolteacher, or she were a garbage collector, or she were a professor, or she were a car racer, whatever the case might be, if she's arrested, do you imagine then that her employer is going to put her on paid administrative leave? I don't think so. It's one thing if you're talking about a shooting in the line of duty. This was not remotely that. The furthest thing from it. She was arrested approximately three full days later. And yes, the Texas Rangers. So when it said Sheriff's Department, I don't know what all is going on there because it's supposed to be being investigated by the Texas Rangers. But they stated, or rather her chief, Renee, Chief Renee of the Dallas Police Department, stated that a blood sample was drawn from her to test the officer's drug and alcohol levels. Question is, when was that done? She was arrested approximately three days later. So when was her blood tested? When was a sample taken? Was it taken right then on the spot? When police came, when there was the response to the 911 call? Is that when it was done, or was it done almost three days later? Was this woman drunk? Was she drugged? (laughs) Not drugged by somebody else, but had she ingested drugs? Was she just using pot, or was it all of the above? Breathtaking, really. We will see what actually happens, but she's been charged with manslaughter, not with murder in the first degree, not in the second degree, and so forth, but with manslaughter. Even though she goes into this man's apartment, according to her, mistaking it for her apartment, sees a man in there and shoots him to death. Yes, that certainly sounds like that should be manslaughter (laughs) instead of murder, doesn't it? Well, her account of the incident is as follows. She stated that she went into what she thought was her third floor apartment. When in fact she went into Botham Jean's or Jean's fourth floor apartment above hers. She stated that the door was ajar. And she saw a large silhouette inside. 
If she thought that was her apartment, don't you think she would have turned the light on? Are you going to tell me there is no light switch near the door? When's the last time you went into an apartment and you would have to cross a room before being able to turn on a light? Do you really think that's the way it was? Well, I rather doubt it, personally. But, and then she states she gave verbal commands to him that were ignored. Well, what commands would those be? She's not investigating a break-in. She's not investigating a crime. She is supposedly bumbling, stumbling into an apartment that is above hers, one floor above hers. And she got in there somehow, and she starts issuing commands. And this fellow supposedly ignored them, so then she starts shooting. (laughs) Wow, that's police 101, isn't it, you know? You issue commands, they're ignored. You start shooting. Start shooting to kill. Not warning shot, not to wound, to kill. Fired her handgun twice, striking him once in the torso. It wasn't until Geiger turned on the lights and called 911 that she realized she was in the wrong apartment, according to her. <laughs> she turned on the lights after this, not before, but afterwards, and then calls 911, realizes, hmm, I guess this isn't my apartment. The problem with her false account. And at the very, very, very least, this woman's a liar and grossly incompetent and reckless with human lives and unfit to ever be in a law enforcement capacity. Does it remind you a little of the young woman down in Florida in Miami North, who boasted of viciously, ruthlessly beating this woman who was eight and a half months pregnant? Does it remind you just a trifle of that? Oh, but if women were in charge of the world, there would be no more war. Right? Well, these witnesses, they said the following concerning what actually happened. They were on the fourth floor where this occurred. They said, quote, they heard knocking down the hallway, followed by a woman's voice that they believed to be hers, saying, quote, let me in, let me in. End quote. One of the witnesses then heard gunshots followed by a man's voice. A man's voice saying, quote, oh my God, why did you do that? End quote. Well, 
Again, Texas Rangers are in charge of an independent investigation. But regardless what they decide to charge this policewoman with, and she's described as being whiter, Caucasian, she doesn't look Caucasian to me. She, I don't know, mixed race of some kind. And anyway, but white, fine, whatever. But unfit to serve in any law enforcement capacity. Absolutely devoid of the qualities required to be in law enforcement. Once upon a time, some years ago, a lot of years ago, I was looking at uh, job listings there in Dallas. I was living in the Dallas area. I was checking for employment. And I saw a listing for police, for Dallas police. And the requirements, I don't know what all of them were, I can't remember, but one of them was... The education that was required was a C-minus average from high school. High school graduate with a C-minus average to be on the Dallas police force. Well, who knows? Maybe she got that high an average. Maybe. Uh, And then they gave great preference to those who'd been in the military. Because after all, what the police... Want what the police departments across this nation want, what the sheriff's departments across this nation want, what all of the law enforcement agencies want, whether it's FBI or I probably not uh, appropriate to call the CIA a law enforcement agency, but CIA, all the military intelligence agencies, uh, the police wing of Oh, my gosh, they've got it under the Surgeon's General, believe it or not. Uh, ATF, or it's it's actually ATF, what's the other one? I think there's an E at the end <laughs> for alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosive devices. So it's ATFE. What do they all want? They want the same thing that the military wants. And that is blind obedience and preferably ignorance of the Constitution, uh, unless it's the subverted version of the Constitution, (laughs) courtesy of our U.S. Supreme Court and federal courts. Blind obedience, unblinking, unthinking obedience to authority. That's an absolute requisite. If you're too smart, if you think too much, really not what they want. Now, as you get into these other agencies, CIA, Secret Service, FBI, whatever, a little bit different, okay? They have more of a winnowing out process. U.S. Marshals, there's no way they have as high a standard. I've encountered too many U.S. Marshals. But... (laughs) had to believe otherwise. But that's what they want. And they want proof of that. They want absolute 
evidence of blind obedience. And military service provides that. Military record provides that. These are qualities that just happen to be diametrically contrary to the qualities of those who brought this nation into existence. Not just the founding fathers, but the pre-founding fathers and the founding fathers and those involved in the war between the states. Well, back to other wonderful stories about the police. Perhaps you saw that this actress, Vanessa Marquez, 49 years of age, who had been a star of the hit TV show ER, she wasn't faring too well, and her landlord called the police to come do a wellness check on her. She was having a seizure when they arrived at her apartment. And before they left, they succeeded in killing her. Of course, it's all her blame and so forth. She was having a seizure. Okay? Having a seizure. Two officers ended up firing at her. And these officers, again, such high-quality officers, because she picked up a gun. And what was it? A BB gun. Have you ever looked at the, the aperture at the end of a gun? Hmm? There is a difference between that for a BB and that for a 9mm cartridge and that for, or I should say bullet because the cartridge casing flies out the rear, or for a forty five. There is a vast, vast, vast difference. But these police officers, they both opened fire on her. This woman who was having a seizure comes out of the seizure (laughs) with these police there, and they manage to kill her. Great work, police. Chalk up another one for the police doing this, performing this wellness check. And rest assured that if it had been this woman who slew Botham Jean, the results would have been the same. And if it had been that woman in North Miami, results would have been the same. And if it had been those officers in Littleton, Colorado, who slew the Vietnam veteran who was 73 years of age, I believe, who saved his 11-year-old grandson from a monster who broke in and tried to sodomize, to sodomistically rape his grandson. He shot him, but lo and behold, the police shot this grandfather to death. If it had been them, it would have been the same result. Another story of fine police work. This one from Nevada. Now, this took place a while back. 
This is not a fresh event. What is fresh about it is that a 300-page report compiled by state investigators has been released. This young woman, 28 years of age, I believe, 27, pardon me, Kelly Coltrane, died 13 months ago. She died in a jail cell. And just a tragic story about this young woman. And sad beyond words, really, truly. She had been an excellent student, a star athlete, and (laughs) a friendly, outgoing girl, but an exceptionally talented soccer player. She developed depression and a drug addiction after suffering a knee injury while she was still a teenager living in Las Vegas. And she drove up to the Reno area for the event of her grandmother's birthday, I believe. And... She was pulled over by a sheriff's deputy or police officer for, I'm guessing, erratic driving on her way back. And they found that she had a lot of traffic tickets that had not been paid. And so they took her into custody. When they asked her about her condition... She ignored (laughs) their questions concerning her health until such time as she realized she's being locked up. And she informed them that she was addicted and that when she was not using that she went into withdrawal and she had seizures. And they did not care for her. They did not follow the protocols. They did not follow the rules. They did not get her medically checked out. They did nothing for her except throw her into a jail cell and leave her there to die, essentially. They brought her food and drink, and she couldn't eat, and she couldn't drink, and she was huddled under blankets, and she was suffering withdrawal for a few days. And they finally checked on her and found that she had died, and she'd been going through terrible suffering, vomiting and shaking and trembling and what have you. And there was gross, gross neglect of her and (laughs) it's just beyond horribly sad is that sheriff's department or police department the reason that this young woman's life was snuffed out ultimately is that really the reason they certainly were guilty of all manner of neglect of her in their care
in their non-care, in their completely gross care, if you will. But if the young woman had not been on drugs, if she had not been taking drugs, if she was not addicted to drugs, none of this would have happened. Ironically, if she had paid her parking tickets, she probably would not have died either. But, or traffic tickets. But, just horribly sad. And again, yes, these people are to blame, but... (laughs) But, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.